0: Hey, thanks for joining us. You are listening to Youth Uninched by Yuven and Karen. When fanatic Gen hit us in the face, we both sat down and decided to talk about it. If you happen to be around our age or seem confused on what is going on in the minds of us millennials, cheer up, you have come to the right place.
1: Hi, Guanxi. We've got Mr. Liu Guanxi on the show. Welcome, Mr. Liu Guanxi. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Doing good. Still alive. All right. <laughs> very good. Very good. It's been a long time since I last saw you. So, uh, for for those of you who, uh, who are tuning in today, Guan Si and I have been classmates for for three years. Well, in the same school for three years, classmates for one year. Uh, so Liu, you finished up SPM, uh, with with straight days, and then from the science stream, you did a big switch into, uh, art stream journalism. Am I right?
2: uh it is journalism actually mass communication is a broad field of communication and journalism is one of the branch and what i'm studying is journalism so yeah need, need to make it specific
1: right so so what it's a degree in journalism
2: yeah, journalism is basically uh where you learn about the mechanism of news like what you saw on newspaper daily and what you listen on uh radio what you watch on tv the broadcast and Journalism is basically just uh, all thing about news la. and in brief definition, journalism actually means the, uh, how do we say that, actually means the record of facts and record of everyday events. So it can be in a lot of forms, like it can be radio broadcast, TV broadcast, online journalism, where you saw the news websites, blogs, uh, and even like right now, podcasts, you can do like, uh, news analysis, those kind of things. Those are all journalism.
1: I like that. Very straight to the point.
0: Yeah, then actually I want to ask, what exactly made you to choose this field? Like what was the main reason for it?
2: Actually, there's no like really specific reason for me to choose journalism. It's because first, uh, when I mm-hmm. when I was in my Form 5, before I take SPM, before I take S- SPM, I actually found that I love writing things, like basically just express myself through words and text. So after SPM, I was thinking like, oh, uh, how could I make a career? Or how could I, I would say, take care of my own life by writing skills? And then first I thought like, maybe I could write like stories or novels or those kind of things. But after some thinking, I think like, because those things is like, you need to get popular in order to be able to earn enough money for, for your life so I was thinking like oh why don't I go ahead to like do some writings that could give me a stable job and also a stable income and I thought of like become becoming a reporter because they write news and they are working for a media organization so they get paid like monthly so that is where I think that all journalism is my thing and when I dive into the field and uh, move on in the semester and I was like oh, this, this is actually what I like, what I really like. So I just carry on till now.
0: Glad that you find a correct occupation for you. We both are still wondering what are we doing
2: <laughs> in our lives. You will find it someday. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so too.
1: Okay. Do, do, do you see any uh, any realistic prospect of you, you know, finishing your degree completely online? Yeah, because uh, based
2: on Xiamen University, how they manage the pandemic and also like their policy against uh MCO and online class, uh, because they, they follow the China style because all of us know that China, they, their policy on pandemic management is they want to make the case zero. And that is practically what Xiamen University Malaysia has been doing for the past two years, where like even I suppose like even like last year before the peak, there was a slight drop of the case, but uh, Xiamen still doesn't allow us to go back. So that is that is how Xiamen is actually managing it. but earlier this year, just yeah earlier this month, January, and they actually released a note that called all of us to go back to campus starting from the 28th of March, uh, I assume that that is because of like the high vaccination rate and uh, also at that time the case was dropping and but right now you see these few days it's like. Yesterday is the third consecutive day for us to hit 5000 again and with the new wave of omicron all those things. So it is still very uncertain. So if you're asking me about like realistic prospect to like finish the whole degree at home, I would say it is possible. but if you're really asking like a real percentage or like a really projection of it, I can't, I can't give you a specific answer there, but it is possible that I might need to have <laughs> finishing my degree uh online but which is what I don't which is the thing that I don't hope for so yeah let, let's just pray we can get through this together
0: and then do you think these online classes actually make you kind of lost interest in what you're doing right now or you can still go through with the same passion and interest that you're already having right now Uh,
2: I would say yeah because I can actually divide into two stages here because the first stage is since 2020 April where the online class thing is first introduced and at that time i was telling myself that oh we, we need to adapt to the change because like, right now outside there is the deadly virus and pandemic all those things so it's like there's nothing i can do but uh after like one year but since october last year i was actually like uh facing a huge burnout it's like because you need to sit in front of the i say in front of the laptop for a whole day Bean. and then listening to lectures yeah. and some lecturers, they don't even conduct live classes. They just uh, record, them, record them speaking in front of the camera and just upload on the academic platform that we are using. So you just watch videos. Uh, not to say, like, just this previous semester, I faced a huge free rider in my team in one of the assignments. Not one, two of the assignments. He's a huge free rider, which makes me more frustrated. And sometimes I just want to, like, uh, drop everything and just do absolutely nothing. And that that's Think that emotion actually continues till till now. Like right now, I want to like because uh my new semester starts in one week, which is after Chinese New Year, after next week. Next week is Chinese New Year, and after Chinese New Year, my new semester starts. Like right now, I want to get some light things done. And it I still didn't have the motivation due to this thing. So yeah, hopefully uh I I was hoping that when new semester starts, this all this can end and I could have the passion back.
1: It's interesting that you pointed that out because. Uh, I, I, like me personally, also I've noticed a lot of people just facing burnouts because because everyone, literally everyone, is doing this, right? Studying online, looking looking in front of a laptop. So uh, first of all, you're probably not alone, and then secondly, uh, the thing that has to be noted with uh, lockdowns and restrictions like this is is the is the fact that mental health is actually a real thing, and then a lot of people are being uh, you know. Impacted a lot by, by not being able to go out and and not having face to face classes, by in, in, in number of ways, right? You you're not focusing enough. You're in your basically you're in your nitrous perhaps, uh, not not brushing your teeth, not having your bud just sitting in front of the laptop just because just because you can, uh, and and so it's it's yeah,
0: very yeah you're being the worst isn't it? of yeah, yeah
1: it's very demotivating and so uh what what is, do you, do you think do you think that uh your university stance is is what what do you think of it?
2: Uh actually th- this is just not me saying and uh like based on my qualification, I'm not qualified to comment on this, but all of the evidence, all of the scientific reports, scientific investigation and also research has already shown that uh it is impossible to uh make it zero. Like even though today you can you can uh you can copy the China style of managing the pandemic, you like even have even if one case they lock down the whole city. Like today, you can make it zero, but tomorrow it will definitely comes back again. The case, so all of the evidence, data, statistics, research has already shown that uh, we we cannot make the virus zero. We cannot we cannot achieve zero case. It, it is it is impossible. So it's like the better way is to actually live with live together with the virus, and especially we have vaccines right now, even though. Like vaccines cannot protect you hundred percent, but it can. Uh, how to say it can give you certain level of immunity, which uh, can prevent you from die dying from the virus and prevent you from suffering from severe severe illness. So th- this is the way that we should do with it, like, Because the the thing is like people who are chasing or countries who are chasing for the policy where they want to make the pandemic uh they want to make the cases become zero is to me is they are still craving and they still can't move on from the past forms. They, they still want to go back to the life before the pandemic where you can go out not wearing masks. you don't need to care about social distancing you can uh, always do big gatherings whenever you want uh, so that that is before the pandemic but i would say i would say even though like right now even though you could really make the case zero we can't really go back Uh, to life before that Ah, so so you're
1: saying that's the point of having you know a zero case situation because you want to make it as as things were and you're saying that's not possible interesting way to look at it okay so so what what do you think job prospects are like for 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 someone studying journalism in malaysia actually
2: journalism is a very wide field because it's not like you study journalism you end up becoming a journalist or a reporter or a news anchor, no. Because in journalism, you actually learn, because uh, just now I said journalism is a branch of mass communication. And mass communication is, a, is the broad thing where, which cover all the fields of communication, like advertising, film, all those things. But journalism is actually the biggest branch inside communication. So when you study journalism, you also study like, uh, how to cater to your audience? How to manage a, uh, how to manage a media organization or just a own page of you like, like right now you are managing a podcast page, so that, how to manage those things? Those those are also the things that you learn. But there are actually a lot of things that you can do. Like you can also become a filmmaker. You learn how to shoot video. Uh, when when you when you study journalism, you can be a filmmaker. Filmmaker doesn't necessarily, uh, those firms like. BBC News or those documentary firms, you No, know? you can also make movies if even you study journalism and you can be very successful and you can also be an advertiser because you know how to cater to the audience, you, you know how to analyse the audience, that is the mo- one of the most important skill set inside, when you aim to become a journalist, you cannot, even to be a journalist, you cannot just know how to write the news and you cannot just know uh, how to broadcast the news. No, you need to know knowledge from literally all the fields because you you are the one who are going to take those information and give it to the audience. So, yeah, but, so when you learn, when you have basics in all kinds of fields, like for example, politics, economy, uh, finance, environment, etc., you, you have basics in this kind of field. When you want to switch jobs to this kind of field, it's relatively easier for you so that, that, that is that is why i would say about journalism it's a very wide field a lot of job prospect not just you need to work in a news organization
0: well actually that's way more than i expected i mean to be honest in my opinion i don't really know much about journalism but hearing from me i can see that there's definitely a lot of special or required skills to be a proper journalist so what do you think are the skills that you're trying to acquire while you're doing the degree like, what do you need to become a proper journalist that you wish you want to? Be? Um. So to become a
2: proper journalist, uh, first thing is definitely technical skills and all those things you can learn. If you take a course in university, you can definitely learn that. Yeah. So that that is the thing that you must master and make it. Uh, and make you need to normalize. You need to make it inside you. It's like, it's like uh, when when it comes to writing news, you want it's just like we do, just like how we do maths, like when it comes to 1 plus 1, you you definitely say it is 2. For no reason, it is 2. So, you need to master the skills, technical aspect until like that, until that stage. And besides that, uh, as a journalist, you also need to, you also need to follow the events development inside your country, at least. If you aim to be a journalist inside Mm -hmm. Malaysia, you need to at least know what is happening in Malaysia. Because journalist doesn't just write news, because News journalists are the first people are the first bunch of people who get to the news. Like when there's something happening, somebody will call the journalists and journalists will go there, uh, to record the thing. But instead of that, journalists will also need to use the news articles produced by other news organizations for them to further develop it. That is what we call follow up stories inside in journalistic terms, or we call it enterprise story in journalistic terms, where you. Pick a, a certain topic, for example, uh, mental health after the pandemic. So that, that is a topic, and you, okay. you need to develop a story from that. And from when you want to develop stories or develop content from it, you need to know what is the trend of what is the trend of mental health in Malaysia right now, uh, after the pandemic hits. So for, to, for those information, you need to go ahead and read the, read the news not just the news from your organization, but also the news from other organizations and some even internet from the international news site, like all those uh, wired service. Like. So all those things, you need to really go and dive into those topics. And for journalism students, like I would say in your university period, you can still pick these kind of topics according to your interests. But when you are really going into the industry, you need to really... Like like right now, I said, like just now I said, you need to master, not master, but you need to at least have certain level of basics in all kinds of fields. Like right now, actually, if you ask me, I hate economy because I hate the numbers. I hate the statistics. I hate the graphics. I hate the figures. If you don't even have single basic economy and your editor say, oh, why don't you go right for the economic test and what what you will do? So so yeah that is definitely a thing that you need to master so i would say uh, the core skill that need a journalist besides uh the technical skills is definitely the ability to follow up on the news events and also dive into knowledge of various fields not just uh not just like because i would say many people would think that Journalist only needs to be pro in politics or social topics, not 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 those kind, mm-hmm. not
1: others. It it seems to me like you have a lot of basic knowledge on a lot of on a lot of you know on a wide variety of subjects. So so I mean, uh, you know, when you talk about economics, for instance, I I, I know zero on it. But then uh, you know, every single journalist can is is able to elaborate on on you know the stock market and stuff like that. Yeah, for for example, right? If if you are if you are a banker, uh, or you you're probably not not going to be allowed to trade stocks because you you have potentially information that no one else can get their hands on. So that's called insider information. So, so because of that, uh, I, I imagine journalism to, to a certain extent, uh, you, you get your hands on uh, potentially leaked information, classified information. Does that bar you from doing anything?
2: Um, that actually depends on two aspects. The first thing is your interviewee or your subject. Like, for example, just now, as you say, uh, if I'm a, for example, I am an economy reporter and I'm reporting on a certain, like, there are rumors, for example, there are rumors that uh, there are rumors that certain stocks for, of a certain big company would drop very drastically and I need the information to prove it true or prove it false. And that is when uh, when you need insider information, because usually, normally, this, Kind of big company, they know that their stock might drop. They won't tell. They won't tell the public their stock. Their stock will drop. So that's where you need insider information, and that is where uh, it depends on the subject because you really need to go approach them and try to dig information from them. But if their decision is, uh, they don't want to disclose to you any information, and there's nothing you can do. It's like unless uh, this is this is a very controversial method of getting information where we call the undercover technique or you use the deception technique it's actually outlined inside the code of ethics in general journal- of journalists where these methods are allowed when you have used all possible uh all possible ethical and legal not legal uh, but all possible ethical and normal ways to uh gain information but they still don't This give is you
1: getting juicy. Go, yeah you,
2: you you can go and you can actually go and you disguise as someone or you just go undercover or you just lure somebody to give you information. But that, that is very controversial. So, yeah, so it, the first thing is depend on the subject. And the second thing, it actually depends on the law inside the country that you are working. For example, in Malaysia, uh, just now you said about the insider information and, or information leakage. In Malaysia, we have this law called the Official Secrets Act and that is where the government has absolute right to declare any documents that they think can be official secrets, then they can declare it as official secrets. They don't need to tell you the reason, they just following their own judgment. They think that that should be secret, then that is secret. So those uh, those documents, those classified documents, if you if journalists disclose it, they will face legal troubles. Right? That, and the government will find the government may sue them and they, they their organization will also face trouble. But there's also that's also not an absolute thing that classified documents are forever cannot
1: be They're not immune. disclosed because
2: yeah, because like last year, uh, the very famous Pandora papers. I that I believe for hundred percent that those journalists who work for the Pandora Papers, they definitely have Access to a lot of classified documents. They actually dig out all those classified documents and put it inside their federal papers. And uh, I don't hear any troubles on them. So that's not fully immune. But well, that's because maybe he, they, gray, they don't
1: disclose where they got where where they get their their access from, right? Uh, which leads me to another question. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of journalists cite anonymous sources. Uh, so then, what what makes you decide whether an anonymous source is credible or not credible? Okay, so the first thing is
2: inside the industry, we as journalists, we will definitely uh, try our best to like, even though that subject say, "Oh, I want my name anonymous. I don't want my name inside the article." Uh, we will try our best to convince them to actually disclose their name inside the uh, inside the article because. As you said, for the credit credibility concern. And also we, we will try to tell them, like, if because especially when they give a very powerful quote or very impactful quotes, or sometimes even controversial quotes, we will just tell them that if you give this quote anonymous, uh that will put bad image on you also, because it's like people will doubt who's who who the hell said this. And, what is the credibility of them? We will try to convince them to give
1: us... But isn't to, that to, responsibility to on, on you, the, pub, the the person who's putting out the news though? Doesn't, doesn't that affect your credibility? Not that, not that other person's credibility.
0: But then I think it can also work this way that let's say like the same situation, the person give like very controversial statement about something, but then for other people it'd be like, oh, this guy don't even have any proper credibility to even say that in the first place if the person is anonymous. But then, if the person's name is disclosed, then maybe they can know.
2: And also, uh, anonymous inside inside journalism, uh, anonymous in journalism doesn't really doesn't necessarily mean we write or uh, this quote is from an anonymous source like that. No, sometimes they will have their background included, but they just don't want to disclose their name. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, if you read some political news, they will have some quotes. Where they write an insider from certain political parties, so when some people will say, "Oh, this people is from that political party or that uh that certain corporate or that certain company," so they, they would doubt that why this company cannot disclose this people name. What, what are they hiding? So we try to tell them this this kind of thing. That it's like it will also it will also put a like it will also put dispute on your image if you just uh, having your background disclosed but not your name. So the, the, there are a lot of ways for anonymous source and another side of the perspective of this is the ethical concerns on maintaining the confidentiality because, you know, sometimes uh, if the people's name is disclosed, they will face trouble. So that's where uh, inside our code of ethics, we also ha- has a rule that we need to keep the privacy and also the confidentiality of our subjects if they demand to do so. But... So it is a continuous struggle and debate between confidentiality and also credit. There's no one-size-fits-all solution for this. You you need to always evaluate the situation and just pick the best decision. That
0: The most rational reason, I would say, like the one that gives the less damage as much as possible. And then when you're talking about bad image, I think the press nowadays mainly have this stereotype that going on saying that um fake news is a big branding for press nowadays. What do you think about it?
1: A perception a public perception nowadays that that media on yeah. on purpose you know tend to report things that aren't true in, in order to benefit certain people
2: well that, that is a great question actually i would say because the word media is actually a very broad term it, it doesn't just include the news organization it also include advertising there also it also include firms, they also include like blogs, sure, but, but medias, then when you say
1: fake news, it's, it's quite specific to news reporting media and and therefore, you know, people relevant to what you're studying. Real meaning of
2: fake news is, yes, as you said just now, is referring to the news reported by news media, which are not true. There's a term fake news, but uh, at least in Malaysia, I don't know about the whole world, but at least in Malaysia, a lot of people, they're actually, uh, they're actually using the word fake news for all kinds of false information, but Actually, fake news is not the only type of false information. We have like in false information itself, we have at least three types. Uh, the first one is misinformation, disinformation, also malinformation. All, all these words means different things. And fake news is just another branch of it. And fake news is specifically for news. But sometimes uh Malaysian public, they when they see something on social media which they doubt the they doubt the realness of it, they will say that is fake news. So, it indirectly put an, a negative image on the news organization that oh, they tend to publish fake news and they tend to uh, report things that are not true just in order to get readership or viewership. So, in, in fact, I would say uh, in, in Malaysia, if you really go uh, go to those news, news organizations like Malay Mail, Malaysia Guinea, Free Malaysia Today, The Star, uh, New Straits Times and for Chinese news like Sinchu Daily Nanyang Xiang Pao, and Oriental Daily mm. th- those news are actually credible but some of them have the problem of clickbait they put very fancy headlines but actually the content is not really that fancy but clickbait can, you cannot you cannot actually categorize clickbait as fake news because clickbait is true but it's just somehow exaggerating what exaggerating the content inside the headline to draw your eyes and also to lure you to click on their click on their headlines
0: yeah but then when you see when you're exaggerating a truth doesn't that make it a fake news already uh,
2: all right so in terms of in terms of economic benefits definitely because <laughs> news website earn money from from you clicking when you click they can charge the advertising yeah, they,
0: add revenue and everything. they can have
2: viewership yeah they can have popularity but uh, in terms of journalistic and also long term benefit, I would say no, because clickbait, as you say, uh, when you exaggerate something, the content, that content is not fully true already, because that is, that, is, that is correct. And when the audience like they fall for your headlines for the first few times, and then after a few times, they, after the headlines and they read the content and then they say, hey, this content doesn't even ma- match the headline. Like the core of this content is not doesn't match the headline. So it is a clickbait. After a few times, the the readers will go away from you, unless there are those readers who only read the headlines without even reading the content. So those readers will just keep continuing. Mm-hmm. But for most readers, I would say after a few times they 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 saw you clickbaiting them, they, they will just leave you. And for long-term benefit, it's also a, it's also not beneficial. And from the journalistic side, definitely not because. Uh, journalist's job is to report the truth, and the truth you cannot put any possible emotional sentiment inside the truth that you are reporting, where though because that will uh that will affect the readers' informed judgment because the readers need to be the thing that you write need to be totally neutral, and only the readers after they read them they can make their own judgment on it. That that is that is our job that is the most important journalistic principles that we need to follow. So in terms of benefits, for long term is definitely a bad thing. And also from the journalistic side, it is also a not it's also
1: not a good practice. Clickbait is just not a good practice. Do you, do you think yeah. it's becoming more and more common? Or in fact, this one goes to you and also what what do you think of And and the thing is our generation is our generation is such that that we don't like to read long things anyway, right? So
0: exactly. I already forgot what's the correct term for it, but then there's this research that has been found that people actually, especially our age, people absolutely hate long paragraphs. They only see anything... Low that attention is, spans. Yeah, exactly, very, very low attention spans. So obviously, making the click, uh, making it as a clickbait might attract the person, but then that just ruins the journalism, right? I feel like it just takes out the main part of journalism, which is transparency.
2: Actually, you're very true, uh, because... Our generation first thing they don't like to read long paragraphs. But I, I would say in terms of like how you manage a media organization, like readers don't like to read long paragraphs. Also, it should not be the excuse for you to like producing clickbaity titles
1: because I think it's an unintended consequence of of, of having uh, you know a, yeah. a, a blown out of proportion title when when you know the article itself isn't of much much uh, substance you're trying to get the viewer to view the article but then when the viewer itself is apprehensive to click on it and and rather instead just reads the the main exaggerated title and start spreading that around uh it, it it's 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 a consequence that's not not supposed to be that no one intended it to be but but yet it's it's bearing fruit isn't it?
2: Yeah, some somehow it is true, it's an unintended consequences, because that is what the readers demand for. But uh, I would say, like, I'm focusing on the topic of news now. It's like, the readers also need to have that awareness that news is not something that should be really like bombastic or really like entertaining or really... Really like when you read it, you're like, boom, no, no. News shouldn't be like that because news is a serious thing. it, it, it is just a record of daily events that is happening uh, around our community or around our country. So it is the nature of news is shouldn't be bombastic. It, it is just serious. So and inside our journalistic techniques of we when we write the headlines, uh we also have a principle that you tell everything that the readers need to know inside the headline. You See, because you see, if you go to those reputable news sites where they they don't use clickbait headlines, you go to Malay Mail, you go to Malaysia Guinea, you go to Free Malaysia Today, this kind of uh, this these three are the new sites that I like to read the most. Uh when you you don't even need to read the content, you need to read the headline, you can already know what is happening. And those headlines are not clickbait. So it it, it is achievable, it's just like. The right now, there's the perception that readers only uh read those kind of clickbaity headlines because they make it very fancy and also exaggerating, or well, somehow they produce the drama dramatic effect and also somehow it produces the emotional effect, which are the easiest easiest way to attract the readers. But in terms of news, I would say you news is a serious record of certain event. It's just like how you read history. So. It is, the nature is like that. So, if you want, when you want to read news, you should have already, uh, have that preparation inside your mind, or oh, what I'm going to access now is a serious uh, record of things. So, even though it is not fancy, it's not exaggerating, it, it is not drama, it's fine. That, that, is, that is the thing that I think the public should have. La.
0: I think at this point, I totally agree with you because the perception is very important when you're looking at media and any other press in general. So I think we discussed a lot of things today. I want to ask you one last question. If you can describe journalism with three words or even two up to you, how would you describe it? Let's just summarize everything that you think you have said today.
2: Uh, I just think of two words. Honorable truth tellers. Yeah, I don't know if that is a good word, but yeah, because I think journalists, they are definitely the truth tellers and they are definitely... Uh, a job or a or a thing or a job or a profession that needs to be respected, just like the others. Like, uh, because many people actually think that journalists are somehow like they just they have they just have nothing to do to just go ahead and dig out certain information that are not even my business. And some subjects or interviewees who think that journalists are very, uh, how to say, annoying by constantly asking them questions. Try to dig certain information from them. But I just think if all people can think that journalists or the media are the pathway for them to make their voice heard by the public, journalism will definitely be a better battlefield in Malaysia. Definitely, would be better
1: now. But that's a great way to summarize things. Uh, thank you, Liu Guanxi, for joining us. You've been listening to Youth Unhinged with you and me, Karan Jajiman, uh, and today we've had Mister Liu Guanxi to share some of his thoughts on journalism. On the, uh, I think we've had a great time. So thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.
2: Bye, everyone.